Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. Well, we're glad you're with us today, and uh, you know, we're going to start a new series, but I want us also to be a theme for this whole year. And we'll go back and forth looking at this in, in, in God's word, how the revelation brings hope. And we know revelation actually means to reveal. And when we're going through different things in life, when God reveals something to you or to me, and, and it just gives you a calming factor knowing, oh, that, that's, I can see a little bit. I, I, I see what's happening. And so from time to time, we're going to look at that. We're going to look at Revelation today and, um, and to see how that God has his mark on you. And, um, and we're going to open with Proverbs chapter 13, but let's pray first. Father, we, we thank you, Lord. We don't know what's happening, but we know has been led us today. It's your battle, Lord. And there's a calming factor about that to know that our hope, our hope, Jesus, is in you. Father, remind everyone today, no matter what they're facing, no matter who's watching today, no matter what they're going through, that their hope is in you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to look at uh, <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 13, I'm starting to laugh a little bit because, you know, uh, you know, we, we kind of think the world we're living in, you know, every week it, things can't get, you know, like worse, meaning like crazier or people at the grocery store or, or when you're pulling a parking spot or something. <laughs> I'm going to try and keep this generic, but I'm going to say it anyways, but I, uh, I live in a I live like in a, in a cul-de-sac, all right, and in in the cul-de-sac of town, they're townhouses. So <laughs> we uh, on on Monday nights you, is trash night, you know. You guys all have that and so forth, sure. So you, we I pulled the trash cans out and I was pulling them out. Well, to set the story up. All of you probably have this or, or have had this at one time or another. And that is you, you get in, thrown in your driveway those little like uh, their weekly, uh, I, I think in green it's like the suburbanite or different things. You know what I mean? They're, they're little weekly, not the regular uh, Beacon Journal. There's like, like little newspapers. And, uh, and they have them like in a little plastic wrapper, Okay. So, uh, I hadn't picked up the one in, uh, from the week before, so there's two in my driveway. And, and so, my neighbor, again, I'm going to try and keep this very generic, and uh, my neighbor, who really I've never met because he's three, he's actually three townhouses over, and they moved in, I don't know, maybe a year, year and a half ago, I don't know, I'm not sure, but I know the people next to me and so forth and everything, but... So he just happens to be putting the trash out, his trash out, at the same time I'm putting mine out, you know. And uh, again, those two yellow papers on my driveway. And, I never, and I've never done anything to this guy at all before, except 
hey, how you doing? You know, wave, you know, in the neighborhood. And uh, I put the trash can down in it, and all of a sudden, he literally screams at me. When are you going to pick those papers up in your driveway? <laughs> and, and I'm like, I'm like, did I, did I just hear what I, do I, I don't, what, what's going, so it so took me off guard, I, I start, I couldn't help it, I just bust, I start bust out laughing, so I'm, I'm laughing while he's yelling at me, and, and finally, I think it so took you off guard that, hey, uh, how do you think those Browns are going to do tonight, and I'm like, what? Did, did you hear what you just said to me about three seconds ago? And it, it was like, <laughs> and, and I went back in the house. I'm like, what, what are we living in? I mean, it is unbelievable. Everybody, everybody is just right there on the edge of, of, of losing it. Uh, 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 people that, you know, you don't know at all. And I thought, man. Everybody need, hope is so needed today. And I thought, man, what's, what's going on there? What, what's happening in that person's life? But, but, but what does the Bible tell us about hope? And why did that happen even that way? Well, the Lord gives us an, an answer where our world is today. And even when we are realizing that God, we're so grateful, does have his mark on, on our life as a believer. And, and, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. Hope deferred, there it is, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire comes, it is a tree of life. That's self-explanatory. But hope deferred makes the heart sick. In other words, when someone doesn't have hope, there is an emotion that is ticked off somewhere. Somewhere, some, some, someone gets mad, someone gets discouraged, someone gets completely apathetic because they see no hope. They see no hope. Revelation to you and to me, which we live in a world, remember now when you walk out that door, majority of people are not reminded that revelation brings hope. When, when we know God reveals something to us through his word, there's like, okay, there's, there, that's a tree of life. There, there, we can breathe. We can eat from the tree of life. We can breathe from the tree of life. And people don't have that right now. And people are so on edge because they don't have hope or what happened, if you can remember last March, if, if, if we remember this, we're, we're going almost on a year now of what we're all, this whole pandemic. We were told by our governor, government and those top health officials, two weeks, right? Two weeks shut down, uh, do this, please, just this, we'll, we'll really work hard together and... Uh, it, I, I don't, I think it's been longer than two weeks, they think. But what, what's happening? And when people see that there's no hope, they're just, they're like, you know, they don't want to watch the news. You don't want to watch the news. And if you do, you get discouraged. And what's happening in the world? What's happening next? Well, 
I want you to know today that you have hope. The Bible tells us, I want you to look in God's word, Revelation chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. Revelation, which means to reveal, God is going to show us something, and this just happens to be the book of the end times. Revelation in chapter 3, Jesus is writing to the church, the faithful church of Philadelphia in, in verses 10 through 12. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which comes upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Now, and let me encourage you with this. You hear a lot of different things, and I don't argue with people about the end times. I won't do it. Time's too short. I don't believe. I just don't argue with people when it comes to things about the Bible, and, they, 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 and then they get mad at me because I don't argue with them. So, anyways, that verse is one of the key verses to, to, to encourage you today to know that as, even as things are right now, we are not going to have to see the trial. It's very clear where it says, so clear you can't get around it. I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world. You can't get around that except it's saying to all of us today, you and I have hope that we're not going to see everything that we read about in, in, in Revelation about the tribulation. That should encourage us just, just that itself as we see what we're living in. Now, that being said, continues, to, continues on. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast with what you have that you may one day take your crown, that, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will, shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God and the new Jerusalem, which comes down from out of heaven from my God. And I, I will write on him my new name. You know, the Lord is going to, to write on us a name just between he and us. And it's a name that no one else knows. Now, think about that just for a minute on our forehead. Think with the devil. The devil always tries to imitate. He always tries to make God out to be who he is and who, what he wants. And to know that during the end times, it's so interesting if you read, I think it's Revelation chapter 9, talks about, or Revelation 13 talks about the mark of the beast. And we know 666, and then whether it's on the forehead or on the arm, I'll get back to this in just a minute. But there's an interesting passage in Revelation chapter 9, how even those who were, it says you can't buy or sell during the, the tribulation unless you have the mark of the beast, but everything that's going to happen during the tribulation, all those bad things, it's like those that are that gets saved through that time, it says God will have a, a mark on them and, and the locust will go out with these, with these giant stingers as scorpions and they will go out all throughout the world and torturing people, but it will not touch or they will not hurt the people of God that have God's mark on them. Isn't that interesting? The thing about it, those that are, get saved during the tribulation, 
from all the things that go on, God is going to protect them from. Now, if God is going to do that for those during the tribulation, why can't we believe for us today that what you're going through right now that is a believer, what is your mark right now? What is the mark that God has in your life right now as a believer that you can hope in today? What's well, found in the book of Ephesians? The Bible tells us we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. When we're sealed with the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us that we know his name. We, we hear, we know his name. And, he, and not only do we know his name, that we hear his voice. And he hears our voice. That should encourage us today when we're getting close to these end times. That don't forget, you can talk to the Lord. You know what we do? We, we just forget to listen. We, we want to get everything out, don't we? This is going wrong, Lord, and that didn't go right, Lord, and why is this person acting this way, Lord, and I need this, Lord, and Jesus' name, amen. That's it. Why don't we listen? I was praying about our church family and, and about, uh, I was thinking about bringing a, a, a whole new series, and I was going to tape it, and, and instead of doing it, I'm going to do a little bit of a, a different way now because of what I'm about to tell you. But I was going to tape a, a, a certain series every week, um, and I was going to do it over at Ben and Lori's house, and we're going to do this tape. It was going to take a lot of time to do it, and I'm already kind of got a, a lot going on, which I love to do. Anyway, so it was, it, it was just going to take a lot of studying preparation, but I wanted to do a lot a different morning time because I, I think if you've lost your job or you're having health problems, you don't want me to quote here from the pulpit every week. Did you know today that uh, across the world there were 55 earthquakes? I mean, I, I don't think that's really going to encourage you much, you know. So there was a lot more that I wanted to bring out of, of the end times that I was going to do on this series, all right? So I was praying and praying about it, and I, I just, you know, it, it was just going to, a lot was going to be involved in it. I was kind of feeling overwhelmed by it. And it was about 5.30 in the morning, and I was saying, Lord, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I just really want to do this, and, and I need to do this, and we need to have more content on the, on the you know, there's so many different people who are watching even right now, and, and more people will watch, and hopefully more people will get saved. And, Lord, I just really need to do this. You need to, to show me how to do this, please. And I was, then I was just real quiet for a second. After I asked the Lord that, and he said, I swear, he said, I'm telling you, he goes, Dallas, I don't need your help. <laughs> I'm not, I swear, I swear, I'm not kidding. And I'm like, you know, it was the most loving, uh, spankful way. How can I say that? The most loving, spankful way that the Lord said, Dallas, I don't need your help. What the Lord wants from all of us is, is just our, our, our obedience. He wants us just to be faithful. We're writing to the faithful church. That's what we're looking at today, the church in Philadelphia. He doesn't need my help. He wants me. He wants to spend time with me. He wants me to know him more and me know him more. And where I get to the place that I know that's his voice speaking to me. Go here, go there, do this, don't do that. That's what we need. 
That's what we need from the Lord every day in our life to hear his voice in such a way because the mark right now that he has on you and he has on me that I'm just as guilty as, as of anybody else that we forget time to time through the week. The Holy Spirit is sealed in our life. The devil can't touch you. The devil can't steal anything from you. He tries and he can't take your life into hell. You're saved. You're sealed. The mark on your life and my life right now is sealed by the Holy Spirit. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus comes to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. So that means no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, no matter what news that you hear, some way, somehow, your faith should get a little stronger every day. And the Lord's telling us in those verses about a pillar. He writes our name on a pillar. What's he saying there? There's a pillar with just our name on it in heaven. And he's telling us that. And then with, the, with that writ, written on our forehead, that just between he and I, what, what, what does a pillar represent? It represents strength. It represents a foundation. You and I have hope today. We're living with hope because you can't be knocked off of the rock that's underneath you. You can be shaken. You're going to get, pick up the phone and you might hear something this week or you might not be able to figure something out or you might have something that just continues on in your life. But you're not going to be, you're not going to fall off that route. You know that you stand on a firm foundation, a pillar. God gives you and I a picture of us being a pillar. A pillar is a foundation that holds a building up. That's what I want to give you hope today. Because the devil wants to tell you and I, you're worthless. Look what you used to do. This is not going to work. This is not going to turn out the way you want to. Your marriage, your kids, your this, your that, you fill in the blank. And God's saying, I have hope for you today. I have hope for you in such a way that, that I have a mark on your life. And the Holy Spirit, now that's a mark on your life, is going to show you every second of every day that he's going to teach us, go this way, go that way, or wait. Do you know, I'll turn to the next verse just a minute. Do you know, and I, and I used to never believe this, sometimes it takes more faith to wait than it does to jump. Some of the greatest mistakes I've made as a believer on doing just stupid things or thinking the Lord wanted me to do this that, is I, I just took that leap of faith. And I wasn't supposed to. I was supposed to wait. If there's something not happening in your life and you're not sure what's going on or how to go about it, the hope is you know that God is always going to work it out. So, that being said, then just wait. Just wait. All right, let's look at a couple more verses and then we'll close out. How does this all come about? 
this hope and, and, and living hope and, and we know that God has his mark on our life and we know that no matter what happens, it, it's going to work out. What, what's the procedure here? Well, I'm going to give it to you and you're probably not going to like this, but we're going to read it anyway. So in, in Romans chapter 5, I, I, I quote verse 5 probably this year. Uh, or going back to last year, probably three or four times. At Revelation chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 1 through verse 5, though. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You know, see, you know, the Lord wants you and I to know today you stand strong in, in, in your faith even though you and I mess up sometimes. The Lord says, by his grace. Never forget, it's not about, oh, I did this for the Lord this week, and I did that, and I did this, and I did that. You know, man, Lord, just really, you know, I can't wait for that blessing. You know, Lord, I just did all that. No, it is his grace. When we are constantly reminded of the cross and what Jesus has done for us, and we go to him, and Lord, I messed up, I did this, Lord, forgive me. It pleases him to know that we go to him as our heavenly father and we can stand in his presence because of grace. By grace are we saved. All right, let's continue. So how does this happen? Get to the place to where we have that hope and things are going to work out. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Now, I, I really don't even know how to explain that, you know, I don't think you're going to jump up and down uh, this week if something happens to you. It's, it's not good. Oh, I'm so just, just so glad that happened, and it's just so great. And, and so, no, it's just that we praise the Lord. Lord, it could have happened this way, Lord, or it could have happened that way, but Lord, you came through this way, and this, that, that's what the Lord was. Lord, I still know you're in control. We praise him when, when, when tribulation happens. Knowing, okay, you know that when, when something happens in your life, you know as a believer, you know, knowing, knowing that tribulation, what does it do? Tribulation produces something, perseverance, and perseverance character and character hope. I hope the longer that you're a believer, you're not like my neighbor three doors over. I hope the longer that you're a believer that you're more patient in your relationship as a husband or as a wife or as a parent. Why? Because the Lord, as we grow in faith, we mature in our faith that we know what is happening. God is going to use whatever it is for his glory. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to have greater joy and greater Peace, and I'm going to grow from it. Now, let's, let's continue. Perseverance. You keep going no matter what's happening right now in your life. Character and character. It builds that character. When you have that character, then you have that hope. And here it is, verse 5. Now, hope. See people living without hope today, but we have hope. 
Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You and I, because of the seal that we have in our life, the Holy Spirit's not going anywhere. Even though we don't feel the Holy Spirit all the time in our life, the Holy Spirit's there. We live. You know, revelation brings hope. The Holy Spirit reveals to you and to me, not next year, but reveals to you and to me what I should do in my situation right now, today. Let tomorrow take care of itself. That's what God's word says. Today, whatever you're facing, Lord, I don't quite understand this. I'm not sure, but Lord, reveal to me. Show me what I need to do. Should I go? Should I say yes? Should I say no? Should I wait? Lord, show me what I should reveal to me. And, th- and when that happens, man, that, that, that's hope. Man, God's, God's going to work this out. He, he's got a plan. He's going to work this out. Let me read the last part of this and we'll look at one more verse. Now, hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. If you've lived long enough, if you've been married long enough, you're disappointed. There's somehow, some way, whether it's your mate, whether it's your boss, whether it's your best friend you went to, to high school, your brother or your sister, somehow, some way, we get disappointed. Do you know what that verse is, is telling us here? That verse so gives us a promise. Hope doesn't disappoint. When you and I, sealed with the mark of God's love on our life, that's poured into us. We all do this. I know you've done this. I've done this. And here's what it is. Two things. You know, if I could have figured it out a million different ways, the way the Lord came through, I can't believe it. It is, um, it is unbelievable. I would have never thought in a million years the Lord would have worked that out and came through in that way. And look what he did. And then our prayer and then our next thought or whatever it might be is, Lord, thank you for doing it the way that you did it. I didn't like what I had to go through. It was difficult what I went through. But Jesus, you've changed me. You've, worked, you've done a work in my life. That's hope. That's hope that never disappoints, that we can always look back and say, the Lord did this, and Lord, thank you for the way that you've done it. Let's close with this verse. Let's go back to Revelation, same chapter, chapter 3, the church in Philadelphia, verses 7 and 8. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these things say he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens the door or opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have little strength and have kept my word and have not denied my name. Now, let me look at two different things here. 
You know, it's interesting, isn't it, the way newer vehicles are today, the way you open the door, you know? Uh, you know, if, if a lot of them, you know, if you have your key fob in your pocket, that you need to just touch it, oh, you know? But, you know, it was, it was interesting years ago. It was so easy 40 years ago to break into a car, wasn't it? It was just so, I, I didn't break into any cars. <laughs> I'm just saying it was so easy, wasn't it? It was just so easy. And then, and then if you lost your key, what did you do? You went to wherever, Ace or wherever you want to go, and hey, hey, here's, a, you know, here's my extra key. Here's a, okay, and then the guy goes, uh, uh, that'll be $5. You go, okay, okay. Did you ever ask or call a dealership what one of those new fobs costs to replace today, you know? But if that thing locks on you and you don't have that key, I, I don't think you're getting in unless of you... Well, the policemen know how to pull that and stick that thing, you know, but you're not getting in. What I'm getting at is this. When God, when God shuts the door, just leave it shut. Don't, don't get in there and yank and pull on and break the window and do whatever you got to do to get through. Because he's got an open door in your life. Here's what's so great. If you and I manipulate and try and open that door and you can't open that door, whatever it might be in your life, man, all you have to do to keep it open, all the human effort involved, all the lying that's involved, all the things that have to happen if someone lied on their resume at their job, everything that has to go on to keep that door open. But when God opens the door, he's telling you, Relax. That's why he goes on further to say, I know, and this is where you and I are today, and this is where I close. I know that you have little strength. Isn't that great? I want to read it. It's just that he actually puts that in there for us today. He says, I've got a door that's open. No one can shut it. It's open for you. I want you to relax about it because for, for you, it's just for you. I have that mark in your life. I have something just for you. I have lit, I, and he goes on to say, no one can shut it for you have little strength. But you've kept my word and have not denied my name. Hope. We can live today with hope. Because whatever it is in your life, the door's open. God's got it handled. And whatever the devil tries to do to shut it, whatever the, someone that you don't like or whatever someone lies about or this or that and keep in that door shut, or you think it's completely shut and it's done and it's over. Wait a minute. God says, it, it, if I've opened it, it's still open. And I know that you're tired. And I know you're weary maybe as a parent. And I know that maybe you, your job and you're wondering, is my boss ever going to change or leave and go to another job? And you've... Fill in the blank. Think, no, God has an open door in your life, and he knows right where you are today. He knows you're at a place when you hit the wall, you hit the wall, and you say, Lord, I just can't do this. He says, relax, the door's still open. Take some time. Know that you have hope in me. That door's always going to be open. And I'm going to work in your life. I'm going to build character in your life. And that hope I'm going to give you 
I'm going to pour my love into you that will never, ever, ever disappoint. Let's pray. So our heads are bowed today, you know. We all face different things. We all face different things. I don't know what your job is. I know many of you what your job is, so not everybody. But God has that mark, that seal that's just between you and him. And he knows. I mean, right now, today, he knows exactly what you're going through, exactly what you're facing. He knows. And the hope that you and I have that he's got that mark, you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. And the door is still open. And he knows you have a little strength. So rely on him completely. Lord, I can't do this. It's too difficult. But I can see the door's always open. You give me hope. And your hope never disappoints. Give me the strength I need that's building that character and that perseverance in my life. Secondly, today as I close, if you're watching today, and the Bible talks about a prayer. And that prayer tells us that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All I've been talking about today, all I've been focusing on is the one who is called Jesus who died in the cross for your sins for mine and as a believer we're reminded every time there's an invitation every time we think about what it means to be saved we go back we remember when we prayed and asked Jesus into our heart that's what God says if you believe in your heart today you confess with your mouth you can find heaven as your home so if you want to accept Christ today, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I believe that you're God's son, that you came into this world, that you died on the cross and shed your perfect blood for me. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. And from this day forward, Lord, help me to live by your resurrection power. Father, we thank you today that you are our answer. You are our hope. You have a seal and a mark on our life. Lord, if there's someone even in here in the midst as we uh, prepare and bend leads in an invitation song to invite even someone right here today in this congregation, if someone doesn't do it, may they come forward. I can lead them in your word and they can pray that prayer. Whosoever, doesn't matter who they are, what they've done, you will save. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. 
You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his son to die on the cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son. And you came and lived a perfect life. And you died on the cross. And you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC, or you can get at our church app through any of the um, streaming services, and we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope, knowing that Jesus is your Savior, and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.